Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Logo Centric. My name is Daxton Page, and today we are going to be talking about the differences between liberalism and wokeism slash anti-racism. some requests to talk about the distinctions between liberalism, progressivism, woke, anti-racism, all that kind of jazz. And I just want to go ahead and start the video and the episode by saying this. Liberalism is not the same as wokeness slash anti-racism. And wokeness slash anti-racism is not the same as progressivism. These are three distinct categories that all have their own individual histories and I think it's important to acknowledge those things. I'm not going to go in depth into all three histories of all three ideas um, or philosophies, but I am going to point out some of the distinctions between, most importantly, liberalism and this anti-racism, wokeness, all this kind of jazz that you're hearing about more and more over the past couple of years or so. But really, this has been this has been permeating in the air of academia for decades now. So it's just now starting to make its way to the mainstream and to the cultural front. Um, let's just go ahead and start out. Liberalism is a political philosophy and a social philosophy that puts focus on the individual. And people like John Locke famously articulated that people have a natural right to life, liberty, and property. Um, sometimes people say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but really John Locke said life, liberty, and property, right? Because property, someone who could say, I own this, this is mine. That is such a huge development in human history because before that, it was very much the king, the, um, the czar, whoever, they owned everything and you were just merely, you know, borrowing it from them. And it was given to you or leased to you of the pure you know, discretion of the king or of the czar, right? Now you have this ability where you can own something. You can say, this plot of land is mine. It's for me and my family, and I can grow and expand my life from my property, right? That's why property plays such a big role in liberal thinking, right? And so uh, before I jump into any more distinctions, I also wanted to point out that I'm making this video because I'm from the South, okay? I live in Oklahoma, Right, and so how many times I've heard, oh, those dang liberals, oh man, if those liberals wouldn't just stop being such whack jobs and liberal this and liberal that, and I'm here to tell you guys in the South, just because someone is a liberal does not make them a far left, hardcore progressive, hardcore anti-racist, whatever, right? So I'm here to point out that liberalism is actually the yin and the yang with conservatism, right? So you've got conservatives and you've got liberals and they are the yin and yang, and so, Anti-racism and wokeness is sort of like a parasite, right? And so I really wanted to distinguish between these things so people don't conflate liberalism and wokeness slash anti-racism or even with progressivism anymore, okay? So liberalism, they believe that the individual is the prime focus of one's identity, okay? Like we said with John Locke, right? Now, wokeness and anti-racism, they believe that your collective group is the main focus of your identity, Okay, so if you're black and male, then black and male define who you are. You don't define who you are. These uncontrollable characteristics that you have no say over, that's what determines what you're like and who you are. So it's almost like a racial determinism that, that has popped up with wokeness is that, 
oh, if you're black, then you were predestined to this behavior. If you're white, you're predestined to this type of behavior. If you're Asian, you're predestined to this type of behavior. So this is where wokeness and anti-racism start to separate from liberalism, is liberals believe that individuals are the prime focus, right? Wokeness, anti-racists, these type of people think that the collective group is the, is the main focus, the prime focus. Okay, so that's one distinction. Okay, people like, for instance, like Ibram Kendi, Dr. Ibram Kendi. He points out that anti-racism is merely just a set of conscious social actions against the oppression of marginalized and oppressed groups. That's one way that you could say it, right? That's, that's Kendi's idea of what it is. But really what, it ha what happens is to create equitable, and that's the key word there, equitable, not equal, equitable situations involves enforcing a tyranny and authoritarianism over one group in order to equalize them. Now, even in this view, there's this implicit assumption that some groups are better than others. And again, this seems just like more racial determinism. Uh, and so this is one of the things I really wanted to point out because that's a big difference between liberalism and governments not interfering with the life, liberty, and pursuit of property and happiness. Like, that's a big difference, okay? So let's keep going, though. Liberalism believes that your civil liberties come from your natural rights as an individual. So the very fact that you're able to buy a car, you know, speak freely, all like just be a free person, right? Those liberties afforded to you are afforded to you on the grounds of your individualness, right? Of your individualism. That is the grounds for which your liberties are granted in the eyes of liberalism, right? Because liberty and liberalism, those words are very, very closely linked. It's all in pertaining to freedom, right? So if you have civil liberties that are granted to you as an individual, that's liberalism. Now, wokeism slash anti-racism is making your group the grounds for your civil liberties. So the reason that a group is able to do something is based on the fact that they're X group or that they're Y group, right? So for instance, you could grant, well, there's a specific civil liberty, civil liberty to this group of people because of their skin color and their history as an oppressed group, but we're also gonna, like there's too much contingency, right? Because as a liberal, I understand that there's more difference within a group than between a group, right? And so just to say that like someone is black, therefore they think X, a liberal worldview would find that extremely racist. Like, I, I just can't see how that's anything but racism, right? But to suggest that you're an individual, the color of your skin does not matter, it's more of the content of your character. To woke anti-racists, that is, that is bigotry. That is ignoring the past lived experience of a different group of person that's traditionally more marginalized and therefore has to encounter different prejudices than you do. And so you're just being a bigot by ignoring all that and saying that it doesn't matter. It's like, you see the layers that go into this, it's a very collective way of thinking as opposed to liberalism, which is a very individual way of thinking, right? And you know, I haven't talked much about progressivism yet. So let me just go ahead and interject that in here. Progressivism is its own sort of separate category, and it's such a catch-all phrase. You know, progress. Well, that's what progressivism is based around, but 
who's defining what progress is, right? Because progressivism could be anything from basically a hardcore liberalism to a hardcore Darwinist, biological determinist, racial determinist point of view. Like progressives have occupied both of those spectrums, right? So you had the Woodrow Wilson type of progressives that were showing Birth of a Nation at the White House, which is basically some propaganda film for the KKK. He was a progressive, right? But then you got like progressives like Brett Weinstein and Eric Weinstein who aren't pushing for these extreme ideological things. They're more pushing for extreme progress, but it includes a liberal framework within it, right? So progressivism is such a vague term that you can't really use it to describe one set of people, right? I think the terms liberalism and anti-racist or woke, I think those are more definitive and defining categories, right? Because you can actually say, oh, that person's an anti-racist because they believe these following set of presuppositions. You can't really do that with a progressive because you could say, well, a progressive believes this and you could find tons of examples of groups of progressives that didn't think that way, right? Maybe that's true for all different categories, but I think it's very extreme with progressives because it's such a vague term that it could be applied to anything. Progressivism has been applied to everything from civil rights movements to eugenics, right? So I don't think we should conflate liberalism and progressivism and woke anti-racism and progressivism. I think they're all separate things. Progressive being the most vague in general and the other two, liberalism and anti-racism, being a little bit more specific and discernible. We can actually distinguish between the two. And so that's why I'm mostly focusing on those two. So I just wanted to interject that about progressivism so everyone's on the same page, okay? Oh, hi, Betty. Sorry, Betty, my, my Chewini is joining us for the episode today. Hello, say hi to the people. Say hi to the people. Oh my goodness. She's so cute. I love her. All right, let's get back into it. So liberalism believes that every human interaction is unique depending on the individuals that comprise that interaction, right? But anti-racism is sort of the opposite, right? They view conversations and interactions as inherently racialized and radicalized. You cannot have a normal interaction with someone without an anti-racist interjecting race into your conversation, into your interaction, whatever, right? So for instance, the focus on the individual leads to the understanding, as I pointed out earlier, that there are more differences within groups than between groups. So for instance, you can have some white people that are very explicitly racist towards non-white people and black people who are very explicitly racist against non-black people and so on and so forth. But you can also have black and white people who are maybe not explicitly racist towards people that aren't their same skin color, but maybe they think racist thoughts. So that's sort of implicit racism. So you have the explicit racism of like, hey, you're a blank, you know? And then you have the implicit racism of like, oh, how are you doing, John? Ethan, insert, you know, racial epithet, you know? So there's that sort of hidden racism where they don't want to be racist in public because they don't want people to rightfully shit on them, which, you know, like I said, would be uh, justified. So there's that spectrum, but there's also a giant majority of just black people, white people who are not racist and don't think racist thoughts towards non-white or black people, right? So there's a whole spectrum and liberalism acknowledges that contingency between individuals and their interactions. Some white people may be racist implicitly or explicitly. Some black people may be racist implicitly or explicitly. Most black and white people are not racist explicitly or implicitly.
So this idea that wokeness puts forth is sort of you can't have an interaction without showing your implicit biases. Now, we haven't found a way to discern categorical perception from implicit bias. Because I think about this from an evolutionary perspective. If you're in a tribe and your tribe has a certain melanin content, or maybe your tribe has a certain outfit or you know, a uniform that they wear to let everyone else know, hey, I'm in this tribe. And so our brains are, they have evolved for pattern recognition that differs from that. So if you have a group of people, let's say that have one particular skin color hundreds of thousands of years ago, and another group of people with a slightly different, darker, whiter, doesn't matter, skin color would come in and they would instantly notice that and be a little bit weary because it was a category that they were not familiar with. And they were evolved to put things that were outside of the category into a scary, unknown sort of mental category. So if they saw, for instance, if there was some white tribe in Scandinavia, saw some African tribe that migrated from Africa up into the north, they would be a little bit hesitant because they've either A, never seen this type of person before, B, it's outside of their in-group, so they don't really know what to think, right? And so for years and years, for you know, thousands and thousands, maybe even millions of years, we've had this sort of perceptual categorization baked into our biology and our evolution. And so we are now reaching a point where we're able to sort of understand what's happening with our evolution and our biology. And we can start to look back and go, oh, that sort of tribal instinct that pops up, you know, naturally is just an outdated relic of an old time. I can now discern that that dis that feeling of uncomfortability that I may feel like say like if I'm if I've only been around white people for my entire life and then a black person walks into the room that indifference I may feel towards that black person that indifference says nothing about whether someone is racist or not it just says something about the categorical perception and the evolution of this categorical perception in human beings to recognize things that are in quote unquote out groups right so if I'm a guitar player and I see a bass player walk into the room. All the guitar players are like, hey, one of this, one of these things is not like the other, right? If I'm at an orchestra, right, and if there's a bunch of pianos and somebody brings in a harpsichord, you know, everyone's gonna be like, wait a second, that's not, it's outside the in-group, right? So we're instantly primed to notice those things. And that same sort of thinking applies to food, it applies to art, it applies to all kinds of different things. But we can't just say, you have categorical perception, therefore, the very fact that you put one thing in an in-group and another thing in an out-group is proof that you're implicitly biased and implicitly racist against any group of people, right? It's, it's, it's a huge jump because, yes, we may notice within ourselves instances where we detect a different person, detect someone that is not in our typical in-group, but that doesn't have to enforce whether we think negatively or positively or neutrally about that person, right? It's just a fact about categorical, categorical perception. It's not a fact about whether people are racist or not, okay? So just to kind of condense that, the very fact that you notice, let's say, a black person that walks into a crowd of white people, the very fact that you notice he's black does not mean that you're embodying some sort of implicit bias. It means you have categorical perception and easily easily noticed something that broke a pattern, 
right? If I had a pattern in music that was a particular, like I was doing some people, this may not make any sense, but I was doing a chord progression that was one, four, five, one, four, five. You've developed a comfortability and a familiarity with that sound and that pattern. And if out of nowhere, I went two, five, one, you would instantly detect that difference because it's outside of what you're used to. It's outside of what's been familiar to your ear. You've been introduced a new chord from the scale that's changing what you're hearing, right? But it's not like you're like, that That two chord is racist. Or, you know, that four chord is racist because it noticed a two chord. Like, no, it's just you're noticing that there is a distinction, a difference in a given pattern. We're pattern-seeking creatures. That's what we do. That's why you could look at a picture of the moon and see a face on it. We're pattern-seeking and pattern-recognizing creatures, right? And so the very fact we can pick up on subtle patterns, we can pick up on complex patterns, we can have dogs that hit the microphone. <laughs> but either way, we're complex creatures. And wokeism, anti-racism removes all that complexity and distills it into the idea that you are implicitly biased against other groups. So you have to admit that and admit that you are in some way racist or a bigot implicitly and constantly commit to working on absolving yourself, right? And this is where the, com uh, the comparison of wokeness, anti-racism, and a religion are so apt because the whole idea of original sin and implicit bias are very close. And the idea of professing your privilege and constantly working uh, you know, to, to better that, that relationship between you and your racism is like the idea of sin, right? And constantly working to rede you know, redeem the fact that you're always gonna be a broken sinner and that you need to appease God, right? It's the same religious archetype that's being par parasitized for anti-racism and wokeness, right? And so hopefully this video has been an, a quick little primer that sort of points out the distinctions between these two ways of thinking because they are not the same thing at all. And I get very frustrated when I see, you know, typically red state people or people in the South saying things like, oh, those damn liberals and oh, liberal this and liberal that. I'm like, liberals are on your team, asshole. Anti-racists and woke, you know, ideologues, those are the real quote-unquote enemies, right? Because they actually don't believe in an individual. They don't believe in freedom of speech. What they believe is a race-based Marxist conflict theory that literally serves to invert hierarchies based on their arbitrary definition of someone being an oppressor versus someone being a victim, right? So they want to insert victimhood into every category they can, except for the category of their oppressors, right? Their oppressors have, they have this own category where they need to absolve for being oppressors, right? But every other category is viewed as intrinsically moral and virtuous because they're victims. And someone that's in a position of power is viewed as someone who's an oppressor and a tyrant that needs to be over, overthrown, right? So this conflict theory that is derived from Marxism is baked in the ideas and the ethos of anti-racism, okay? So what I would say is strive towards liberalism and away from anti-racism. The language is deceiving because they designed the language to be such that if I said I'm against anti-racism, it makes it sound like I'm pro-racism, right? It's a very tricky little linguistic tool that they use, but that's not true, right? You can be anti-anti-racism and not be pro-racism, right? So 
the reason they do that, and they, they explicitly put this in their ideology. They say there is no such thing as neutral. You're either racist or anti-racist. So they, they take out the middle ground for you to act. So they effectively push you into a corner where you either have to act out their ethos or admit to them in their eyes that you're a racist. Even if you don't think you're a racist and by any normal definition of racism, you're not a racist. But in their eyes, you're going to have to admit that their version of viewing someone as a racist is true for you because you won't subscribe to their anti-racism. So that's why this pathology and this, this ideology is so damaging to race relations. Like it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help black people that feel like they're victimized and in a society that is against them. Can you seriously imagine being raised in a country where you feel like the very fact that I'm gonna to try to succeed is going to be hindered by the fact that I'm black or that I'm Asian or that I'm Mexican, right? Could you imagine the feeling of being an Asian person and just abiding by your family's culture and you do very well in school and all of a sudden you get to uh, college and people start saying things like, stop acting like a model minority. Stop internalizing oppression by acting out a white supremacist ethos, right? They say things like that when you're just trying to be yourself. You're just trying to do you, right? Maybe you're a black person that wants to pursue rap. Yeah, it's kind of stereotypical, but who gives a shit? If that's what you want to do, do it. If you're a white person that wants to pursue rap, that's kind of anti-stereotypical and it has comes with its own little group of stereotypes. Do it anyway. Who cares? <laughs> Bye, Betty. You know, who cares, right? Individuals should be free to act how they want to act within a certain guideline of the law, obviously. You know, we don't want people running around murdering and raping each other, obviously. But we want to act as individuals within a given framework. And that's what the government is there for. The government is there to set some rules that we all have to out you know, that we all outline and act out so that the society runs as smoothly as possible. That's the whole point of government, in my opinion, is to set the rules, enforce the rules, and then let the individuals be free and act within the society properly. That is liberalism. That is not what this hardcore progressive, hardcore anti-racist, woke doctrine is, okay? Liberalism is the idea that every individual, individual, has the right to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of property and or happiness, okay? Wokeism believes that your civil liberties are granted to you based on the color of your skin, who you decide to love, and what biological body parts that you were born with, okay? So I would say very explicitly reject anti-racism. And it's become one of those things that's become very popular in like corporate America. So if you're at a company and your, your bosses start hiring equity officers and start talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, you should either speak up, and if they threaten to fire you, let them fire you. At least you get severance. You know, like, let them fire you. Die on that hill, right? Why did, why did that person get fired? Because they believe in objective reality. They believe in not grouping and stereotyping people based on these arbitrary profiles like these sort of racist profiles that we would have said are completely inappropriate are the exact profiles that the anti-racist used to define what a race should act like it's ridiculous i don't even understand why this became popular but there isn't an idea so stupid that an intellectual can't find a way to justify it i'll tell you that um, and twist the words and twist the meaning to make it seem like it's a good idea when really it's just absolute dog shit. 
All right, so that's everything I wanted to talk about this week. What do you think? What are the main differences between liberalism and anti-racism slash wokeness to you? Um, is there a huge difference between liberalism and progressivism or progressivism and anti-racism in your mind? What are the main differences there? Also, you can sign up for our communities over at locals.com and thinkspot.com. We have nice conversations over there in the forums where we can actually start to talk about things in depth and we're not limited by what we can talk about by the YouTube overlords. You can also support this channel by donating a choice of your amount to PayPal. All those links are in the description. Please go check that out. And this is Logocentric. Thank you for watching.